Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 and good morning i'm gary randall thank you so much for joining me today it's monday june the 5th 2023 in the year of our lord on june 5th 1968 senator robert f kennedy was shot and killed after claiming victory in california's democratic presidential primary he was at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Assassin Sirhan Sirhan was arrested at the scene. Interestingly enough, Facebook-owned Instagram has been preventing Robert F. Kennedy Jr., his son, who is competing with President Joe Biden in the Democratic primary this year. Instagram, Facebook-owned Instagram, Mark Zuckerberg, has been stopping RFK Jr. from setting up an official campaign account. In a post on Twitter, RFK Jr. said his campaign account is being automatically banned when they attempt to set up a campaign account. He said, when we use our Team Kennedy email address to set up Instagram accounts, we get an automatic 180-day ban. He said, can anyone guess why this is happening? No, we can't imagine that the press would protect Joe Biden. Interestingly enough, this morning, Instagram announced that it would reinstate RFK's account. This morning. Interesting timing, isn't it? Today, in 1794, Congress passed the Neutrality Act that prohibited Americans from taking part in any military action against a country that was at peace with the United States. Today, in 1967, war erupted in the Middle East. Israel, anticipating a possible attack by its Arab neighbors, launched a series of airfield strikes that destroyed nearly the entire Egyptian Air Force. Syria, Jordan, and Iraq immediately entered the conflict. Today, in 1975, Egypt reopened the Suez Canal to international shipping eight years after it was closed because of the 1967 war with Israel. Today, in 1976, 14 people were killed. The Teton Dam in Idaho burst. 14 people lost their lives. Today, in 1981, the Centers for Disease Control reported that five men in Los Angeles had come down with a rare kind of pneumonia. They were the first recognized cases of what later became known as AIDS. Today in 2002, 14-year-old Elizabeth Smart was abducted from her Salt Lake City home. She was found alive by police in a Salt Lake City suburb in March of 2003. One of the kidnappers, Brian David Mitchell, he was sentenced to life without parole. The other, his girlfriend or wife or whatever she was, she was his traveling partner, Wanda Barzi, she was released in September of 2018. Today in 2004, Ronald Wilson Reagan, 40th President of the United States, he died in Los Angeles. He was 93 years old. 
And 10 years ago today, the British newspaper, The Guardian, they have offices here in, in the United States as well, a lot of offices in fact, they reported that National Security Agency, NSA, was collecting the telephone records of millions of American customers of Verizon under a top-secret court order. You have to wonder how many other top-secret court orders are in effect today. We can only imagine what's going on behind the scenes in the world in which we live. People today are expressing hopelessness. They look at the world, they look at what's going on around them, and there is a sense of hopelessness. I mean, everybody's talking about it. But, you know, I think there's another side to this coin, this time in history that we're living. I want to talk a little bit about that today. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. Often we say our hope is in the Lord, and it is. That's true. But this verse says our hope is the Lord. Not just in the Lord, but it is the Lord. That's our hope. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our hope. Our hope of eternal salvation. Our hope to be with us and to walk with us through each and every day of our life. Could there be a cultural and spiritual awakening happening in America now? Probably on its surface, the answer would be no, I don't see any sign of that. I do. I do. And I've kind of self-analyzed myself. I'm not much into analyzing. And as a pastor, we had a counseling ministry in the church. It was a professional counselor and so on. But I'm a little slow to jump on board with all counselors. Because generally my experience has been that often people who go into professional counseling are people that are very problemed themselves. But that's another discussion for another day. I'm I'm not saying I don't believe in counseling. I do godly scriptural counseling. But I will tell you, I will tell you that today there are more people seeking counsel by sources maybe they should skip than I've seen in my lifetime, but I do believe there is something that's happening behind the scenes, maybe. And it needs to be brought to the forefront. It needs, the light needs to be turned on so people can see. And it is. And I want to talk to you about some of those things today. I mean, we know that we live in a dark period in history. I mean, it's not the dark ages, but it is akin to that. Uh, We have lost our way morally. And and, uh, I mean, it, it, I, I watch what's happening. Well, for example, Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington, the home of my dad. <laughs> Where he, he sold newspapers on the street there and earned a little money a long time ago. LGBTQIA, the Spokesman Review, is saying this morning, and, and the Seattle Press is carrying this story as well. The mural, <laughs> the mural which features a large pride flag, was pointed 
was painted directly on the street surface at the intersection of Spokane Falls Boulevard and Howard Street. And for those of you who haven't seen this news, and some of you have, probably those of you living in the Spokane area have seen it. It's a humongous, big, painted on the street, a big pride. And, and I mean, it's, it's bizarre. It's at Spokane Falls Boulevard and Howard Street. And it's there to celebrate gay pride, of course. They've closed streets. That whole intersection was closed overnight. They opened it at 6 o'clock this morning. For those of you who live in the area, you can now drive on your own streets because the gay pride barricades have been taken down. They call it a temporary. This Spokane, Washington, KREM TV is covering this. Others are as well, but in Spokane. A temporary public art project was installed in downtown Spokane on Sunday by Art Spokane Arts and an advisory group of LGBTQIA, so on, advocates. The mural features a large pride flag, flag was painted directly on the street surface at the intersection of Spokane Falls Boulevard and Howard Street. The art project marks the beginning of Pride Month that celebrates LGBTQIA, whatever, community members in Spokane. According to the Spokane Arts, Krim TV says, according to the Spokane Arts, the mural con- conveys to residents and visitors that Spokane is a friendly, warm, welcoming city aspiring to become more inclusive. Really? Do you think Spokane is inclusive enough that if someone suggests that they paint a nativity on a whole intersection and close it off to traffic, do you think that would be acceptable? Well, Gary, that's religious. I think the LGBTQIA plus two-spirit whatever, I think it has most characteristics of a religion, a false religion, but of a religion. So if they can do that, why couldn't we paint a nativity on the street, maybe around December 1st? Why couldn't we maybe put a cross on a hill? Oh, no. That's different. That's the world we live in today. It's very selective in its inclusivity. It's very selective in its tolerance. It's very selective in what they will and will not allow to be seen by the public. And that is a growing phenomenon in our age. The installation of this pride mural in downtown they say is a Spokane Arts Queer Art Walk. So if you're queer and you like art, you can walk by this gigantic big painting on Howard Street. But Cram TV says that the Spokane Falls Boulevard will be open at 6 a.m. on Monday. So it's open now as we speak live at nine o'clock this morning. But you look at what's you look at what's happening. Governor Inslee, he had a celebration last week, I think it was last Thursday. He helped raise this celebratory flag over the Washington State Capitol and they're doing that in Oregon as well. They took down the US flag, put up the gay pride flag. The Lisbian governor of Oregon helped. 
Jay Inslee said, I think the fact that you can be who you are and love who you will is one of the most beautiful things of the state of Washington. Has he ever traveled through the Olympic Peninsula and the North Cascades? Has he seen Palouse Falls? Has he seen the beautiful waving fields of grain across eastern Washington? He thinks putting up the gay pride flag is the most beautiful thing of Washington? Did he look outside of his little law office in Sela before he became a politician? I don't know. But he's proclaiming June as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, asexual, aromatic, queer, two-spirit, non This is the governor. And he said, this is the most beautiful thing of Washington State. It's not the most beautiful thing to God. I can tell you that because I know him through his son, Jesus Christ, and I know what his word says, and his word says he doesn't like that. He condemns that lifestyle, and he so condemns it that he wants you to be delivered from it and healed and saved. His son, Jesus Christ, died for sin. Many sins, all sins, but that behavior and that lifestyle is sin. Not the only sin, but it is sin. And it is condemned by God himself. And yet, the governor of Washington says this is the most beautiful thing in the whole state? That's how perverse this has become. I understand what I'm saying will not be received well in some quarters, but it's true. And I want to thank all of you who support this ministry and allow us to speak the truth to the best of our ability, from the Word of God, speak the truth to the culture every day on this program. Our voice would be silenced in a heartbeat if it weren't for those of you standing with us in prayer and in support, financial support, and we need it. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. There is some good that's happening. In fact, Victor Davis Hanson, one of my favorite historians in America, one of the best, particularly probably the leading conservative historian, Victor Davis Hanson, he was asking this question in his last uh, column that he wrote just the other day. He said, is the sleeping conservative dragon finally waking up? That caught my attention. Of course, whatever he writes catches my attention. He's very thoughtful, very... uh, He's just a great, great writer and a great thinker. I believe it is. I believe the what he calls a conservative dragon, I think it is finally waking up. I also know that some Christian leaders believe there's a spiritual awakening that's rippling across the country. More than 4,000 people were recently baptized at the historic Pirates Cove Beach in Southern California. I know they do weird things in Southern California, man. I was a youth pastor there in, in Hollywood. But I believe this is a spiritual awakening. The darkening of the culture is revealing the light of God's truth. The darker it gets, the more attention can be drawn to the light of God's truth. I want to talk about some of the things that are happening. Victor Davis Hanson said in his article, he said, Conservatives and traditionalists are often exasperated at the ongoing woke cultural revolution in their midst. Then he asked, Quote, how can America be turned upside down as it is 
when there is little public support for the things that are happening around us. I've wondered that myself, actually. I've wondered, how are they getting away with this? Everybody, it looks like when you see the news or when you you know, flip on your TV or whatever, pick up your newspaper if you still pick those up like we used to, and you read it, you wonder, how are these guys getting away with this? I don't know anybody that believes in this. I mean, or hardly anyone. And yet you would think that everybody in America was homosexual or at least a committed ally almost religiously committed to this whole movement. He said, how are they getting away with this? He said, they don't see much backing from the current border policy, illegal immigration, yet it continues. He said, how are they? How have they turned upside down the, the culture? And it isn't what the people of America, we the people, really believe in. He noted that Americans are generally fed up with the nonsense from the LGBTQ plus agenda to American jurisprudence being weaponized and warped. It is. It's being used shamelessly. He said the 2020 torching a federal courthouse or massing uh, at the White House grounds in efforts to get at the president earned either few arrests or little or no jail time in 2020. He said in 2021, if one entered the Capitol, he was talking about Trump in 2020, Biden in 2021, he said if one entered the Capitol and illegally paraded around like a buffoon, he would get five-year prison sentence. We saw that happen. Hansen asks, how then did these extremist policies that have little popular support become institutionalized? In part, he answers his own question. He said, they, meaning the conservatives, he said, were asleep at the wheel in 2020 when left-wing-funded lawsuits radically transformed Election Day in many states into a mere construct. He said some 70% of the electorate in key precincts voted by mail or early with far fewer ballot audits or authentication. That's true. Hansen says traditionalists often feel they have no time for politics. That would be too many Christians. They prefer to focus on their families, jobs, communities, and churches. Until recently, they shunned organized boycotts. They abhor massing outside the homes of left-wing politicians and judges. He's right. We do. We don't want to do that. They shrug and concede that universities, teachers, government unions, corporate boardrooms, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, the media, entertainment, professional sports are hopelessly activist and left-wing. The Environmental Socialist Governance, ESG, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, and LGBTQ++, whatever, uh, uh, agendas were unfathomable acronyms to middle America, and thus mostly ignored. So he said conservatives often slept through this woke revolution. It is an upside-down culture. There are thousands of examples of upside-down situations in our culture. Jay Inslee's one of them I just shared. Those are his words, not mine. That's what he told the state. That's not me suggesting what he might be thinking. Rushing Brook Children's Choir was singing the national anthem at the Capitol the other day. They were stopped by the Capitol Police. These kids. I watched the video. 
they're probably the conductors up there and they're singing the Star Spangled Banner in the Capitol and the police came and stopped them. The guy that's leading this group, they look like kids. They look like they're, I don't know, 10, 12 years old, something like that, maybe 8 to 12, something. They were singing their hearts out. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light in the capital of the United States? And all of a sudden, you can't see the police, but they show up and somebody comes up to the conductor and is talking to him and he just signals the kids to stop singing. It's over. Rushing Brook Children's Choir singing the national anthem in the capital of the United States of America. It stopped. They said, no, you can't do that. They were told that certain police, uh, a certain capital police said it might offend someone and cause issues. That's a quote. However, we found out later that the police goes, uh-oh, people found out about this. People were taking videos of this, and it was all over the Internet over the weekend. And so now they've come out and said, well, you know, we did not know that Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who's in charge of such things, gave them permission. We didn't know that, so we're, we're, we apologize for stopping them. Only after this was exposed to the nation, in the last two or three days, did they come up with the, oh, oh, um, we got caught. That's America. Marjorie Taylor Greene is not timid, as you know, a representative to Congress. She said the national anthem sung by children is not offensive. It's needed to be sung more. She said they were told that certain Capitol Police said it might offend someone and cause issues. A lot of other people have been weighing in on this as well. Cal State Long Beach's spring commencement ceremonies did not include the rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. 15,000 people were were graduating the other day at its graduation festivities. 15,000 graduates. No, no Star Spangled Banner there. The school's alma mater song was sung several times. Its mascot, its mascot, by the way, is a non-binary shark who uses plural pronouns. The shark was also on hand, waving to the crowds and celebrating his sharkism and his non-binary composition, I guess. Cal State Long Beach hosted nearly a dozen cultural graduation ceremonies focused on American Indian, Black, Pan-African, Cambodian, Chicano, Latino, Lavender, Pacific Islander, Filipino, undocumented, Vietnamese, international students. That's according to their website. That was the celebration. And then there's Kellogg High School. Yes, in North Idaho. That takes the cake. Spokane Krems TV News reports, quote, Kellogg High School postpones graduation due to safety concerns. The ceremony will be rescheduled when it is determined that the ceremony can be held safely. Catch the words that I'm saying. Obviously, there was a possibility of a shooter at that graduation, right? Oh, no. No, it's worse than that. It's worse than a shooter. More than 30 Kellogg High School students walked out Friday in protest of a disciplinary decision for one of the seniors. Administrators say that a student made unapproved comments 
about gender. And as a result, will not be allowed to walk at graduation. Graduation has been shut down because they're afraid of bad things happening at this graduation. As a result of this kid saying words that were unauthorized to say. What did he say? Unapproved comments about gender. It all started with one sentence at the, they have a end of the year assembly at Kellogg High School. I didn't know that before, but I know it now. Now you know it. The seniors get to say one piece of advice or one thing that they would like to tell the rest of the school. They can say one sentence. So Jagger Hall, he's a, a, a high school there at Kellogg High School. So he, the thing he wanted to say to his fellow students uh, at this end, end of the year, <clears throat> excuse me, end of the year uh, assembly, he said, quote, boys are boys and girls are girls, and there is no in-between. That has caused him now not to be able to march. It has shut down the high school, and it has caused them to cancel graduation until a later time when they de- determine that the graduation would be safe. I'm not making this up. It's bizarre. Yet the headline reads in part, 4,166 people baptized at historic Jesus Revolutionary Beach. Just months after the Asbury revival took the world by storm, we talked about it for a number of days on this program, a recent story about more than 4,100 baptisms unfolding at this historic California beach. Another big sign of spiritual revival in America. It occurred at this location. Pirate's Cove. On Pentecost Sunday, celebrate the gift of eternal life and commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Jesus Movement. Oceans Church organized baptized SoCal, Southern California, Advertised as the biggest water baptism in history. The huge event coincided with a major anniversary of the Christian awakening that saw hundreds of thousands of young people come to Christ in the 60s and 70s. I was in Los Angeles. We were in North Hollywood in a church during that period of time. It was unbelievable. And yet there were people denying that it was happening while it was happening. Even Time Magazine had to come out and admit there was something going on spiritually. So they put Jesus on the cover and call it a Jesus revolution. Millions, millions of hippies who were stoned out on drugs. They didn't even know what day of the week it was. Started hearing about Jesus. I was blessed to be a part of that. I wasn't the hippie. I was the youth pastor. But they were getting saved and they were being transformed. Even when they were stoned, they didn't know fully what they were doing, but they took steps toward accepting Christ as Savior. Their lives were transformed. This is just a remembrance of that. But it's also an indication that things are happening today. More than 280 churches and 8,000 people showed up and watched these over 4,000 people, mostly kids, get baptized. That's the Bible tells us to do. This is happening. It's a moment that we should not forget, that we should not ignore. The church is alive and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. 
Jesus asked his disciples, who do they say I am? And the disciples answered, and then he said, who do you say I am? And of course, Peter made his famous declaration. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed art thou. And he said, upon that confession of faith, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.